Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I guess the big question is, are you ready for Mardi Gras? So Arthur Hardy said that it started last night, and so I decided to uh, take his advice and get started last night. Unfortunately, I just said with Tommy that I forgot that this is a marathon, not a sprint. I went sprinting last evening, and... Um, Coleman on the boards, who's now my life coach, says uh, the true cure to that is just keep sprinting. Don't stop. Because the moment you stop is the moment you realize that you sprinted too hard. So we'll just keep going. Had a great dinner last night. GW Fins, thank all of those folks. We had so much fun with them last night. And then Big Sam Funky Nation over at the Jazz Playhouse. He was incredible. Had the crowd dancing. I got more muscles sore this morning. Uh, I didn't even know I had them. But I'm off and running. The question is, are you off and running? And tonight's another big night. Babylon, chaos, muses. Uh, weather's going to be great. It ought to be a phenomenal evening. Just be safe out there for sure. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to visit with Tom Trunk, WWL multimedia journalist. He um, is going to feature the crew of Endymion, Ed Munez, the founder. The parade's actually going to be on his uh, birthday. Uh, 57 years working in in uh, in Dimian, and we'll talk about that. In the back half of the 11 o'clock hour, Joe Heron Muller, uh, the Unity Director of Community Engagement of Unity GNO, we'll talk about the homeless encampments. There's some deadlines, actually a deadline tomorrow for some of them. Some of them are on parade routes. We'll talk about what progress has been made relative to that. We'll start the 11 o'clock hour with Dr. Joe Cantor. The Louisiana State Health Officer will get a flu COVID update, and we'll talk about Mardi Gras and things that you can do to make sure that you stay fit and are ready to face the Mardi Gras challenges. We are going to be meeting with members of the Port of New Orleans uh, periodically, and it's the Port of New Orleans show. And today, uh, Janine Mansour, as well as Greg Rusevich, Janine is the Port of New Orleans head of key accounts within the business development team, and Greg is the CEO of Transoceanic Development. Folks, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Janine, I'm very excited about doing this and meeting with you guys periodically because the the port, obviously, for so many years has been a major driver of the economy here throughout the city of New Orleans and the metropolitan region. But for whatever reason, a lot of times, I guess, it's so obvious, it's so evident, we overlook it, and we really don't talk about it much. 
You're right about that, Newell. You know, a lot of residents in the city of New Orleans, because so much of our operations is hidden behind the flood wall, don't realize the magnitude of our operations as well as um, the economic impact that we have. But I often point out to locals, you know, if you're near uh, Winn-Dixie or Rouse's, you look just over the flood wall, you can see our nine container cranes, working vessels, carrying imports to us, uh, retail goods, exporting chemicals from our Louisiana petrochemical sector, um, our paper industry, rice, etc. So we really are a huge economic uh, driver for the region. But you're right. A lot of times our operations are a little bit hidden from uh, the, uh, the New Orleans residents. Uh, I was the beneficiary of a tour. You guys took me on a tour, uh, kind of uh, on the backside, so to speak, and got to see uh, the breadth and depth of the number of products that flow through there and how they go about doing it in the most expeditious way. Um, A lot of what's happening right there on that dock is really forward-leaning and uh, the the future of technology in managing riverfronts. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's pretty amazing um, to see our operations up close and and in person. And, um, you know, without the port, we wouldn't be able to um, receive our products from around the world. I think everyone saw the importance of supply chain during COVID when there were such delays in terms of going to the grocery store. Um, And it, it made a lot of people realize the importance of having um, a thriving port in our region so that we are able to receive, you know, critical goods and more importantly for a, a net exporting state like Louisiana to be able to power our region's economy by having the global connectivity um, that a thriving container port in our region uh, provides. This is going to be a, a little bit of a weird way to start this conversation off, but I, I happen to be talking to at least three different um, parade operators. And because of the backup at the Panama Canal, because of what's going on in the Red Sea, a lot of their Mardi Gras product, I'm told, is not going to arrive until April. And it, it seems as though we might be in a little bit of a supply chain disruption today. Is that correct? To either you, know, you or uh... Greg. Yes, you know, there's there's been uh, there seems like there's been a, a higher level of disruption, and you're certainly right. You know, there's been drought issues at the Panama Canal, and we've got two direct services from Asia, which is where majority of the Mardi Gras beads and throws are coming from. Um, so the schedules for the vessels arriving have been a bit delayed. However, um, I think. Uh, these Mardi Gras importers, such as Beads by the Dozen, Plush Appeal, that are you know powering the throes of Endymion and all the all the crews, um, they've done a lot of pre-planning, and so you know they, they, Mardi Gras will go on, and uh, they've done their planning to bring in those imports um, in advance, and so um, I think you will see some shipments arrive in April that you know hopefully they can reuse for uh, 2025. Mardi Gras, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that we have seen continued disruption in the supply chain, but that's why it's so important that we are investing in our infrastructure, building capacity for the future, and we're really excited about our new container terminal in Violet, uh, the Louisiana International Terminal, that positions us well into the future for supporting hundreds and thousands of more years of Mardi Gras, for example, by being able to, to bring in those ships um, from Asia and work them efficiently. Let's bring in Greg Rusevich, CEO of Transoceanic Development. Uh, Greg, you were kind of a beneficiary and an end user of a lot of the port facilities and moving products all around the world, right? 
Right, that's right, Newell. And I want to pick up, too, on uh, what uh, Janine just uh, commented on, because what I think the maritime community here, and I think all of us should be particularly excited about, is the Louisiana Terminal Project, you know, down in Pollitt. Newell, it's rare to get this type of statewide support, federal support, private support that we've got to build a state-of-the-art terminal in Pollitt. Uh, This is really a game changer for the state. If we don't do this, Newell, you know how important the Port of New Orleans and international trade is for the state of Louisiana and global commerce. I mean, without it, we basically don't exist. It's the the foundational industry for the state, for the region, and critical for the nation. And this new port that we're doing, a $2 billion development, most of the funds have been raised, will really be a game changer and I think will will be a tremendous have a tremendous economic impact, jobs impact, revenue impact on our entire region and really lift up the region and the state. So this is something our entire community is excited about and we've got tremendous support and momentum toward the completion of that project. And if you just would, for the benefit of the listening audience, um, obviously containerization is not going away, and, and they're still making advances in the design of containerization, how you handle it, and everything else. But the desire is to have less ships, bigger ships, move more containers, and a lot of what we do in the lower Mississippi, we cannot do... Um, north of the Mississippi River Bridge because these ships just won't pass under that bridge, right? Oh, that's exactly right, Newell. And, you know, our company and our and our company, Newell, as you know, is primarily focused on heavy equipment and project cargo uh, for petrochemical plants and power plants, things of that sort. But, we, you know, over the decades, more and more of that uh, cargo has been moving by containers, and, uh, you know, and they can also be flat racks or uh, open top containers. So they, they've con- reconfigured some of the container slots as well. And when the ships are getting larger, they can no longer fit under the bridge. So you must move south. And the Port of New Orleans, along with the state of Louisiana and others, spent five years studying what is the best location south and concluded that the Violet facility was the, was the best location south. And we're excited, too. The maritime community is excited about the roadway that's going to be, you know, an elevated roadway leading from that port uh, to 510 and into I-10, which can really generate jobs. We're already starting to look at warehousing opportunities in New Orleans East, particularly, and even the North Shore for distribution. So this will be an entire regional uh, project that uh, we can all be proud of and which the community, maritime community badly needs. Uh, So... Uh, th- th- that's right, but the, the cargo is basically—it's definitely moving to more toward containers and more toward much larger container ships. And Janine, as um, you know, we think about moving a- away from the uh, container port. There's a lot that gets developed there, and the backdrop, uh, as I recall, folks telling me, time is money. And they're looking for ease of administration, convenience, and travel time. Uh, and that's why uh, all of these types of projects have a have a heavy thirst for infrastructure, right? 
Absolutely. It's key. And you're right. Speed to market is critical. So we were talking about ships are getting larger and larger. So these global container shipping lines, they're all ordering new vessels. A vast majority of the new vessels they're ordering are too large to fit under the Crescent City connection. So our ability to remain competitive, you know, we've already lost a lot of ground, unfortunately, to competing states who have um, invested more in infrastructure. It's critical that we deliver this project. Um, you know, we're thrilled to receive the largest award um, from the federal government in a container terminal of $300 million. So we've started off really strong this year in, in receiving this um, landmark federal grant for the new terminal. But it's absolutely critical. And, you know, um, the inland connectivity is, is really just as important as the global connectivity because once these goods land at the terminal, um, you know, they have to be delivered uh, within Louisiana or, you know, to the to the Midwest. Um, and we're such a, a well-connected gateway. So the new terminal, as, as Greg mentioned, the road is extremely important. The St. Bernard Transportation Corridor, we're making a lot of progress on that. Um, and then we've also got existing rail connection and a thriving container on barge service as well. That's that's alleviating uh, trucks, uh, truck congestion on the roadways. We've moved 15,000 containers between our partners in the port of Baton Rouge and New Orleans, um, you know, serving our petrochemical industry. So that's a huge area of focus for us as well. I get a lot of texts every time I talk about this, uh, of alternative sites being much better. I got one just now saying Venice, Louisiana is where it ought to be. But it can't really be there, right? Because there's no infrastructure there to move the goods from these huge container ships to where they're ultimately going to go. Because that next layer of transportation, correct me if I'm wrong, if not appropriately outfitted, ends up being more expensive to move containers than on the ship. Is that right? That's ex exactly right. The inland leg of the journey for cargo is often more expensive, believe it or not, than the ocean transportation. And so having a well-connected terminal by rail and road uh, is absolutely critical. And, you know, also one of the main reasons we selected the Violet site is it is it that it lies within the 100-year federal risk reduction system. So, you know, looking further downriver at a place like Venice, that's quite concerning, you know, just being uh, in the cone of uncertainty sometimes during hurricane season, um, you know, having that protection. This site was tested, the Violet site in, in Hurricane Ida, Category 4 storm, was high and dry. So having that protection um, is absolutely critical when it comes to a container terminal as well as the road and railway infrastructure. Okay, we uh, let's take a break here, and uh, we'll be right back with Janine Mansour, uh, Port Nola's head of key accounts in the business development team, and Greg Rusevich, CEO of Transoceanic Development. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Janine Mansour, Port NOLA's head of key accounts within their business development team, and Greg Rusevich, CEO of Transoceanic Development. Uh, Janine, let's talk about downstream, uh, the opportunities not only within uh, St. Bernard Parish, but Orleans moving to the interstate. How important is that uh, to have access to undeveloped land where we can really grow the footprint of this um, terminal? Exactly. So, you know, Newell, we took you through the Napoleon Avenue Container Terminal Complex and our uh, many of our terminals handling raw materials, and you saw that there's really no room for expansion or attraction of value-added activity of distribution centers that have additive effects in growing jobs for the economy. So the new site in Violet, uh, Louisiana, where the container terminal will be, will be, offers over 250 acres of developable land for these value-added activities, um, adding to the, the job creation of the terminal. You know, um, one of the, the missing pieces in the Louisiana economy is uh, retail distribution centers, and that's key because we are such a large exporting state that one of the big challenges our exporters face is getting empty containers for their exports. And so it's really unfortunate that we're losing a lot of our our exports to competing states. They're being railed across the country to competing states where there's more uh, more availability of container equipment because there's more import distribution centers. So we're putting a lot of focus on trying to balance our supply chain. We love our exports dearly. Um, our split is 65% exports, 35% imports. But without a healthier balance, we're unfortunately losing a lot of these exports um, to other gateways. So it's really important that we, we grow um, our value-added services, our, our processing, continue to grow manufacturing, of course, but that import piece is so important, um, you know, for the overall economic health of the state. Now, uh, I'm getting a lot of texts, people asking about, you know, the, the revenue stream, how that works, how it's taxed, and what it means to both the city of New Orleans, the, the parish of St. Bernard, and the port. Absolutely. So in terms of economic import, uh, economic impact for the state, you know, one in five jobs are tied to the maritime economy. And one of the things we're very proud of in the maritime industry is these jobs are family supporting jobs. You know, there's an average uh, income of Port of New Orleans, uh, our our tenants in private industries of $75,000 a year, which is much higher when you can, you know, compare that to the tourism industry. The new project, LIT, is expected to generate 18,000 new jobs here in Louisiana and 4,300 jobs in St. Bernard Parish and adding a billion dollars in total new state and local tax revenue by 2050. So it's a huge economic impact for the, for the local 
the region, St. Bernard Parish, certainly, and uh, the broader state. So when we uh, put this uh, economic impact package together, when y'all did, um, we, we are more certain about this because of recent developments in other port cities that we've seen and what that impact has been, which are very similarly situated, the supply chain, the way it moves and everything else are really kind of the mirror image of one another, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. The the job figures are so large that uh, you see in terms of port economic impact to states, you kind of, it's almost hard to get your head around, right? You know, 200, uh, we're talking in, in numerous billions because there's all the indirect jobs that are tied to um, port operations. Um, also, I seem to have read somewhere that this is a private-public collaborative but the uh, project itself is going to be in the name of the private entity, and the private entity does not have the same tax exemptions as the Port of New Orleans. Is that correct? Yeah, so you're right. The new, the, the, you're not right in that the new project is a public-private partnership. Um, we have the largest container shipping line in the world, MSC, whose terminal investment company uh along with Ports America, which is the largest terminal operating company in North America, jointly committing $800 million to the project. Um, now, the, the Port of New Orleans, we are a public entity. We're, we're a um, state of Louisiana agency. Um, so while our property is, is, is tax-exempt, these, pro- these private partners that are investing, they're not subject to the same, same tax exemptions on property and equipment. So that's something we're very cognizant of is focusing on. We want to have the maximum in an economic impact to the region from generating a, t- a new tax base. So that's something we're, we're very diligently working on with the partners to, to, to come up with the optimum uh, structure. Yeah, because I, I, I guess a number of detractors are putting out there that um, they get nothing. Uh, St. Bernard would get nothing as it relates to taxes. And from the original um, prospectus that I saw about it, it was being structured to make sure and ensure that the local parish would get uh, the, the tax base necessary from the project. Absolutely. That's a, a key focus of ours is, you know, working to make sure that we have a very positive impact on the community. We really diligently worked on um, listening to the community's concerns and, and certainly traffic as well as um, economic benefit to the community have been uh, two of the top concerns. So, you know, in hearing the community's concerns uh, about traffic impact, we're really working at the state and federal level on delivering the St. Bernard Transportation Corridor. That would be that new roadway coming out of the back of the terminal and connecting into 510, as well as, you know, working on the optimum um, structure so that the parish benefits from those uh, newly created tax revenues from the project. And the road is going to be a private-public collaborative as well, right? Correct. So we, our board just approved a contract to hire WSP uh, USA to, um, to work on a, a P3 to deliver the road. And we've gotten really positive feedback, um, both from our, our legislative delegation at the state level as well as the federal level. There's also a $50, um, $50 million allocation um, for the design of the road that, that is underway right now. And 
so in other words, it'll be a toll road. It'll be tolls paid by the shipping, the trucking companies that are moving the containers, and the road will and access to the road will be free to the residents of St. Bernard. Yes, that's that. That's more, more than likely a, a scenario, and, and currently being um, evaluated. What's going to be the the best um, best structure? Because you know it, it's uh, these issues keep cropping up, and I know that I've heard many times from port officials that uh, one of the primary things that they want to get done early on set in the project in advance of it opening up is that that roadway is actually constructed and finished. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, di- a big priority for us. I'm actually currently here sitting at the at New Orleans Airport cell phone lot, and, you know, we all we often, um, you know, are, are pointed out to that, you know, we don't want to ha- be like the airport where the, the connecting roadway comes after. You know, it is a major project that is a parallel project to the new container terminal, which um, we hope to have uh, one wharf open by 2028. So, you know, we're going to be working diligently to have have the the roadway delivered. But it is also, a, a, you know, a very major project. Obviously, it's it's a new roadway being constructed over Marsh, an elevated roadway. Um, so we're going to be working diligently to deliver the road, um, you know, hopefully parallel to the timing of the container terminal project. And, Greg, um, you're familiar with a lot of what other ports are doing Um I have to imagine they're play, they're paying very close attention to what's going on here. Well, they absolutely are. And, you know, Newell, we've unfortunately, because of the situation you alluded to earlier, you stated earlier about the ships, larger ships not being able to get under the bridge, the Crescent City River Bridge, we're losing traffic now to competitors such as Mobile, uh, and we're losing market share, and that means losing jobs and, and the losing tax bases. And so, uh, you know, it used to be at one time years ago, our major competition was Houston and Savannah and Long Beach. Now we find ourselves competing with Mobile. So the only way really to get out of this is to build ourselves back out of it through this terminal that we keep talking about down in Bollett. I think it's a really a great opportunity for the state, and it'll send a signal to the world that we're back and ready. I mean, we're here now and very vibrant, very robust, but we clearly have uh, have issues to deal with. So other ports are making progress, and but we want to be that port newel that serves all of middle America. We want to draw a line from Dallas over to Mobile, as a matter of fact, and then straight up into Canada and just be the dominant force of everything in that entire Midwest, that entire infrastructure going Illinois, Tennessee, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all through the Rust Belt, right into Canada. We've got the, uh, the, the Class A railroads to do it. We'll have the infrastructure to do it. We just need the, the, the infrastructure enhancements to the port and the new terminal to be able to do it. And we should be the dominant player in that whole in that whole sector, and we can get containers moving quicker to those points than anything coming into the East Coast, anything coming into the West Coast. This is an opportunity we just can't miss, and and we can be the dominant player, and other ports can be seeking our position uh, rather than the other way around. As I think about this historically, and please both of y'all correct me if you think I'm way off base here. One of the primary reasons that New Orleans um, 
has been relevant on the national level is because of the port and the port-related activities. Uh, we are in a favorable uh, geographic location. Uh, we have a lot of access to a lot of great rail, uh, now interstate systems, a new airport, uh, as well as a major waterway, the Mississippi River. This type of situation where we find ourselves, go ahead, Janine. You have to... oh, oh, no, I was just going to wholeheartedly agree with you, Noel. You know, I think it's the, it's really going back to our history, the reason why New Orleans was founded because of the Mississippi River and providing that vital link for goods to come in and be delivered to the country, also to receive, you know, agricultural exports down um, from the 32 states we're connected to by the Mississippi River and its tributaries. Unfortunately, you know, we're just at a point where Louisiana has been blessed with such great infrastructure, but we haven't really realized our full potential of leveraging our, you know, our unparalleled rail connectivity, our Mississippi River connectivity. And, and like Greg and I have been saying, it's being in this industry, it's very unfortunate to see how year over year we have lost ground to these competing states because, um, you know, our level of coordination uh, as a state and an ability to um, invest in infrastructure to really grow at the pace that other states have. It's, uh, it's a bit disheartening, but that is changing with, uh, you know, the full support of our, our new container terminal project. And, 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 and Newell, let me say, Newell, Newell, let me say too that we really need to do better. Janine and I have actually traveled overseas. Uh, we've uh, crossed paths and actually traveled together with the Port of New Orleans on ventures and efforts, and as well as you know, I've been on private uh, sector uh, efforts. And we get from clients uh, globally; they're confused over uh, you know seeing different ports, and sometimes we don't speak with one voice. We really, at the state level, we need to do a better job in our deep water ports, particularly as speaking with one voice and collaborating more, ensuring that we really nurture our respective specialties and that uh, we, we have better, more collaboration and cooperation because otherwise it sends a confusing message to the global market, sends a confusing message to D.C. when grants are coming forward, and it sends a confusing message to the state as well. So we need to do better with this and speak more with one voice. I w that's the path I was going down, but I was going to be, a, I think, a little bit more blunt about it. It would seem to me that the competition that we're facing now is really about minimization of our relevance, right? Um, and once, once we lose that relevance, to me, that has a lot of downstream implications in a lot of other different markets, industry codes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and it's something that's very hard to regain in today's economy. Well, thoughts. right. We have, I mean, we, we, we need, well, the, uh, the thoughts are absolutely agreed, Newell, and uh, we need more cohesion and we need more clarity. And uh, we, we can't be talking about three or four different projects in the same neighborhood and then sending that confusing message to the globe and to D.C. and to others. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's why we're really not growing at the clip we should be growing. So we need to be, uh, you know, have uh, understand who does which sectors best and then really make sure that we nurture those specialties and then uh, grow those specialties and grow those particular areas and each stay in our lane but complement one another and not be what Louisiana has always been for so many decades 
is uh, you know focused on focused on parochialism instead of focusing on uh, on what's best for the whole, as well as making sure that the individual entities also are prospering. So there's more work to be done on that. Um, final thoughts, um, Janine. Yeah, you know, I wanted to add a, a poignant example. There's a there's a major chemical company uh, out of the Baton Rouge area that, uh, pretty shocking to many probably, is now moving 50% of their export products, which is plastic resin, going on in to make milk jugs and medical um, medical materials. They're they're moving 50% of their export products now to Charleston and Savannah because. They don't feel New Orleans uh, and Louisiana can reliably provide empty containers. Also, the larger ships plays a role in that decision. So, you know, as you've heard from Greg and I, we're we're needing to play catch up and all get behind one project, this new LIT uh, container terminal that can help get us back in the game. Um, you know, Louisiana's rocking and rolling when it comes to petrochemical investment. All of that we have every single major pretty much um, between here and the Baton Rouge area, certainly Lake Charles as well. But um, we really all need to get behind one project to be able to really grow the Louisiana economy in a, in a sustainable way. Um, folks, uh, our time is up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Janine Mansour, Port Nola's head of key accounts within their business development team. And Greg, uh, you as well, CEO of Transoceanic uh, Development. Greg, I think you riding in Endymion Saturday night again this year. I hope you have a great ride. Oh, let's uh, go. We're so excited. No, no, Endymion's <laughs> going to be terrific this year. It's going to be off the charts, and uh, we're all we're really excited. Uh, Dan and his whole team, we're, we're excited and ready to go. So I'm, I'm riding and ready, Newell. i got a house full of friends and, and cousins that are going to be showing up at the house shortly. So uh, anyway, we're ready for them, and we're ready for Endymion. Hope everybody's out there. We're going to have a blast. Little friendly advice. I started out not treating it as a marathon last evening, Greg. I went sprinting. Bad mistake. <laughs> I heard you early, New, but I'm sorry. I'm sprinting right there with you. We'll see who comes in first. I'm sprinting to the end. I'm sprinting to the end. All right. I do, New, again, want to thank all the police officers again. Every time I'm on, I do this, but I'll tell you. With Mardi Gras, we couldn't do it without our wonderful law enforcement partners, and that goes to the entire region. And so grateful and thankful that they allow us to, to pull off Mardi Gras the way they do. So thank you, all the all the law enforcement officers out there. We're grateful, and we could not do this without you. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you so much. And, yeah. and, and to both of you all, have a great Mardi Gras season. Thank, thank you. you. Happy Mardi Gras. All right, we'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we talked about the border deal yesterday. We were curious about whether or not it was going to get out of the Senate and get on over to the House. It seems to be that's where a lot of disagreement uh, lies over whether or not this border bill actually does what folks are trying to sell that it does. I, for one, don't believe that it does. Well, it imploded uh, yesterday on the Senate side. And uh, the Republicans mounted a filibuster saying that the agreement they helped negotiate was uh, too much of a stinker. And um, and once they realized and started reading the bill as to what was actually in the bill, it got uglier by the day. Uh, the president of the Senate, uh, Mr. Schumer, says that he's going to try again, possibly today, uh, giving Republicans, he says, another chance to figure themselves out. And Senator John Cornyn from Texas says it's all about fake outrage. He said the deal left too much in the hands of President Biden. Republicans said Mr. Biden subverted immigration laws. That's true. And created the border mess. That's true. Despite having the same tools as the uh, previous president uh, and what he did in the White House. And not unlike myself and others, they have no confidence in the Biden administration that will enforce the law if that bill was to pass so there are no guarantees they continue to um, issue executive orders that work around what the existing laws are not ever enforcing the law and we find ourselves where we don't trust one another so when you have two sides of an aisle that don't trust one another it's not very likely that you're going to reach a compromise because more often than not to reach that compromise there has to be some level of trust and uh, that is not present as it relates to this issue. So it looks like this issue is going to be caught in this quagmire yet again for a whole host of reasons. Uh, this bill could be one, two, three paragraphs instead of hundreds of pages. And the simpler we make it, where we're not trying to sneak this in or take that and out, put an or, take the or, put an and, increasing benefits and um, uh, social program access to social programs this ought to be right there all about the border not what happens after the border right there at the border there should be no conversation about benefits why does that need to be in the bill that's not border security giving someone food stamps is not border security The moment in time you memorialize that, it's just worse. Plain and simple. All of these numbers to trigger actions, it ought to be at number one. We ought to be dealing with it the same way from the first one to the last one. No exceptions. Why do we have page after page after page of exceptions? What's the necessity for that? get texts all the time saying the Republicans are lying, they're blocking this, uh, that anything that, that might make Biden look good. Biden was the one that decided to make himself look bad 
They did not realize that this was going to turn on them the manner in which it turned on them. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's craziness what's going on. Let's make it two paragraphs, three paragraphs. That's it. Only about the border. Nothing, nothing about benefits after the fact, what's happening there or anything else. Clearly delineated what's legal, what's illegal, and using the word shall. If it's illegal, we shall deport them. End of the story. We'll be right back. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Dr. Joe Cantor, the state health officer for the state of Louisiana, as well as Joe Heron Muller, the unity director of community engagement, Unity GNO. We'll talk about the removal of the homeless encampments. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 